Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. Today I want to learn with you. I want to muddle through the topic of the ego. I am still very much learning what this is all about, but it fascinates me because I believe it's so responsible for so many aspects of our life, especially the areas that we probably need to heal. Or not that the ego is responsible for those areas, but the way that the ego shows up is very um, indicative of what needs to perhaps be healed or needs to grow or change a little bit. So it fascinates me how it shows up in myself and also how it shows up in others as I'm dealing with them so that I can better understand how to reach someone and reach someone at the heart level, at the love level, instead of reaching them where I tri- in a way that triggers their ego and then sets up that wall of defense. So essentially the ego is about protecting us and the ego is this construct, if you will, or this personality that is created um, to protect us, to, to create an identity that we show the world. It's also the identity of who we believe we are. So let's get into this. Um, I'm hoping to give you some clarity on what the ego is and also how we can identify if we're living too much through our ego and how we can stop doing that. So this is going to be a great episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. I am so grateful to be allowed into your headset and day today. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner and founder of The Separation Club, which is the club you never wanted to be part of, but the best club to be in if you're going through separation and divorce. Here, we talk about how to heal, move forward, and find love if you're so inclined. Also, motherhood through divorce, finding yourself, and creating the life you deserve. Our tools are community, sisterhood, honesty, vulnerability, spirituality, and coaching, and that's when we aren't talking to our experts. I'm also a divorced mother of four adult sons, remarried and a stepmom to three. So we will be talking about everything that goes with all of that here. If you are recently separated, thinking of separating, divorcing, or even beyond your divorce, but still feeling it, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back. So what is the definition of the ego? And I am reading to you off um, a dictionary definition on Google. Uh, Someone's ego is their sense of their own worth. For example, if someone has a large ego, they think they're very important and valuable. Um, And so that's someone who typically will never admit that they're wrong, for example. And so some of the the themes that kind of come to mind when we think of ego is things like self-esteem, self-confidence, self-respect, and self-image. These are... These are the words that the ego reside in. And like I said, when we were, well, it all started when we were children. You know, when we were born, we're a blank slate in a way. And we are without limitations, without even the belief system yet. You know, we're just, we just exist. And so we believe that anything can be created. Anything is possible. Anything is doable. Everything is available to us. And then as we are raised and as things happen in our lives and as we go through our childhood, even our very young childhood, we learn that there are limits. We are taught that, but usually by our parents and our caregivers. And sometimes we just experience it, you know, through our lives, um, especially if a child is, 
in an environment that isn't safe. So is being raised by people who are dysfunctional or abusive or have addiction issues and things like that. So the ego is created as as a protector, as this um, identity that we show the world. And this identity holds our belief. So as we start to learn what we should believe in, what feels right, morally right, we start to learn about our values, we start discovering them or we're told what they are, whatever it may be, we start to develop an identity around who we are or who we want to be and who we think we're supposed to be and that's our ego now ego by the way i just want to say now is not all bad or anything like that our ego is the part of us that uh, drives us forward and protects us especially when we're in unsafe situation but because the ego is a protector and the ego is about the image that we put forward and, and this identity that we we want to believe that we are and that we want others to believe that we are the ego can also become very um, almost performative or, you know, uh, very arrogant or grandiose or boastful or jealous or any number of things because it's very adverse to change. It wants to show up as being right and good and better than most and so on. So this is where you can start to hear from what I'm telling you, you can tell where the conflict and the issues may arise, especially when we're, you know, in relationships, which we basically are every day, all day, whether you're in a relationship with someone romantically, like a, you know, a life partner, or maybe it's in business or just, you know, at work or friends or other family members or your children or your parents, no matter what, we're dealing with people all day, every day. And so our ego keeps showing up and keeps showing up we, as we keep showing up the way that we'd like to or the way we think we think we're supposed to or the way that we feel we need to to protect ourselves because maybe someone is treating us in a way that doesn't feel good or we're afraid something's going to happen or we want to win or we want to be better than or anything like that. So this is all ego um, territory, if you will. Now I want to talk a little bit about why I'm talking about this today. And it's, you know, for many of you that are listening here, you're going through a separation or divorce or you have gone through it, but you might still be working on your healing and, you know, trying to learn more about yourself. And by the way, high five to you for, for doing this work, for taking the time to listen to podcasts like this, for all the learning you're doing to try to better yourself. So let me talk a little bit about the ego and how it can play into your divorce or any challenge you go through in life. First of all, the ego does not like change. It doesn't like change at all. So as soon as change is happening, which of course divorce is a massive change, it goes into huge protection mode. And depending on you know, how self-aware you are, how much you see that you're protecting versus how much you perceive that there's real danger. So meaning, you know, are you, you know, oh, there I go jumping into my ego, protecting myself, but I don't need to, I'm okay, I'm safe. So that's somebody who's more self-aware and who realizes when the ego jumps in and starts to take over and you can kind of tamp, you know, tamp that down a little bit. But then there's those who, who just don't realize. And of course, when we're going through something that stressful, uh, we're much less able to detect or to see 
how we're coming across to other people. We're so focused on our own well-being and our safety. And this is not about being selfish. It's survival. And the ego thrives in an environment like this. It's going like, yes, I know how to handle this. I will protect. I will make sure you're okay. I will do whatever I need to do to, you know, for you to show up and be right and to win and to get through this. And I'm going to get you through. And so the focus becomes on what you might believe you should be doing, what other people are telling you to do that is right, what feels less scary because it's more like the past, what feels like winning. The ego wants to win. So this is the shadow side of the ego is wanting you know, is, is jealousy and competition and wanting to be right all the time. So when you find that you're getting caught up in a lot of anger and jealousy and competitiveness and comparison and things like that, you're most likely kind of diving a little bit into the shadow side of the ego and you're, you might not be, well, you, you most likely are not operating from the heart. And when we're going through something that is as life-changing as a divorce and that affects you in such a profound way, at least personally, I can honestly tell you, I would rather be operating from the heart, meaning making decisions based on what is truly right for me and aligned with what I believe in, instead of making decisions based on fear or competition or comparison or simply wanting to somehow impress or show people how competent I am. And it's not hard to get caught up in the ego. It's so it's so in its element when you're going through something difficult. So that is really why I wanted to talk about this. I've been wanting to talk about this with you actually for a really long time, but I wasn't sure how. And I'm hoping that I get it across in a way that makes sense today. The other part of this, uh, or the other reason why I wanted to talk about this is, of course, so that you can observe the people that you're dealing with. So again, for example, attorneys, family members who care about you, and of course, your soon-to-be ex, how are they handling this and how are they showing up? Are they showing up from their heart or are they showing up from their ego? And remember that if they are showing up from their ego, which they probably are just like you, is for the same reasons that you are. They're not doing it to be mean. The purpose is not to hurt you. The purpose is to protect themselves at all costs, perhaps. And that's when you're really getting into the, the dysfunction of the ego, the shadow side of it, or the, the ego part of that has fully taken over and you know, you're not guided by you know, what you really feel and believe is right anymore. It's more about the construct of, you know, I've decided to win and this is not fair and I'm angry and I'm resentful and, and I want to get back at people. You know, it's coming from that really negative and dysfunctional place. So as you're listening to this, maybe take a moment and pause this podcast and ask yourself, how is my ego showing up right now? What part of me is protecting or am I responding with anger or am I focused on winning over doing what's right for me and for the children, you know, start asking yourself some of those questions. That was exactly what I did to pull out of the anger. I was being met with so much anger and hostility when I went through my divorce. My ex was very much in his ego, very angry, very, um, you know, wanting to win and wanting to, to make me look bad and making up lies about me and 
And this was all an effort to counteract that anyone might think that he'd done something wrong, you know, and he had cheated on me and he didn't want that to be the story. So he wanted to create a new story. And for him, this was, this is the survival of his ego. So he created all kinds of stories about me and that was hard to take. And it would have been really easy for me to jump into my ego and go, well, no, that's not what happened. This is what happened. And, you know, really making an effort to spread the truth as I saw it to everyone else and to defend myself and to compare and to win and to, you know, to all of that, which is so ego driven. It's about this identity that I want people to, to hear and see from me. And I want to show up as this, you know, this righteous person. The biggest lesson, if you will, one of the really big lessons I learned during this time is that I actually didn't care if I was right. I learned, I, I, through the work I did, managed to get to a place where being right was never my priority. Doing the right thing was my priority and choosing the right thing from my heart, what was right for me and what was right for my boys. That was my priority. Sometimes, and I know I've said this before, sometimes the choices I made were exactly what he wanted me to do because I knew it was the right thing to do. But there were other times where what he was asking for was not the right thing, where my boys needed me to step up for them and to create an environment that they felt good in. And so then I did that. But I always chose from what I believed was right, not from a place of being right. I hope you understand the distinction there. I'm sure you do. Anyhow, so if you did pause, now you're back. And let's move into um, gaining a better understanding of what the ego is and whether the ego work or ego work is for you. So let me start with the last part. You know, is this work that you need to do? You might have already identified that, yes. Uh, and to be very honest with you, I believe it's work that everyone needs to do on a regular basis but let's just see what some of the signs might be. So for example, if you're feeling really stuck, like you just can't move forward, whether it's in your healing, in your life, in your career, you know, you're just feeling really stuck or you feel like you have no purpose, um, then you might need to do some work around your ego, releasing perhaps fear of change, fear of doing something different, or um, a fear of just simply what lies ahead if you move forward, right? So when you feel stuck, it's often because your ego is resisting change. It just, and that's what it does. Um, when life doesn't feel joyful. So again, for us to find joy, to really tune into that, we need to tune into our heart. We need to really become very present with what brings us happiness and joy right now. Pleasure, mindfulness, the present moment, all these things become so important. And that has got nothing to do with the ego. The ego is uncomfortable with that because, of course, it can go anywhere. It doesn't follow a set plan. It doesn't follow a particular order. And it, does, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your identity or your, you know, how you present yourself to the world. It's just what makes you feel joyful right now. So that can feel, if that feels difficult and you don't feel that you're able to tune into that part of life at all, that is probably because the ego is getting in your way. Also, if you feel ready to kind of let go of that sort of black and white thinking that I was talking about earlier, like being right, having others be wrong, you know, being the smartest in the room or, or that, you know, there's only one way of thinking and that's yours. So if you're kind of caught up in that, definitely some ego work might be in order. Um, and, you know, to, 
to be relevant here if you find yourself either in a pattern of getting into unfulfilling dysfunctional or toxic relationships or if you're coming out of one you know a long-term one most likely you've been living in survival and protection mode for a while which means you've been living in your ego um you know then definitely this this work would truly benefit you there's other things as well but if you are ready to heal if you are ready to move forward your, with your life and show up in a different way, in a more authentic way, maybe even just to understand what that even means. If you want to live a life that's more heart-centered or soul-led, you know, all these terms we talk about, if you want to understand what that means or you want to live from that place more, more present, more mindful, more, more grateful, all those things, then ego work is for you because it's about learning to move out of living through the ego and starting to live through your heart, leading with love instead of leading with your ego, your identity, right? Okay, so now you know some of the symptoms or signs or behaviors or thoughts that indicate that you're living in your ego. I've already talked a bit about what the ego is, but just to go a little bit deeper into it, because if you're anything like me, it's a concept that is sometimes difficult to really get a good handle on. So um, I will explain it in different ways and hopefully one of those will hit home for you and give you that sort of like okay I'm, I'm getting a handle on this now so the ego of course is um well they call it our constructed self they being people who've done a lot more learning than me but i'm learning from them right your ego is a very rigid identity so it has to be um it's a create, it's, sorry, it's a created or constructed set of beliefs and patterns and ideas, as I said, that have, you know, been imposed on you, whether it was by your parents, your caregivers, or situations or traumas that happened in your life. And these things make up your personality, essentially. This is, like I said, your self-identity that you put forward. And so the ego is very defensive about that, very protective. Um, and so anything that falls outside of like the this box of beliefs and and what you believe should happen and what's supposed to happen and what you plan for is rejected it feels like i don't know what that is and therefore we will not have anything to do with it which comes back to how much the ego rejects change or resists change so when the ego is challenged um and it feels fragile, I guess, because we're maybe imposing change on it or we're challenging the belief system or, you know, we're really looking for more heart-centered approach or something, um, the ego will compensate or overcompensate rather by being, for example, really triggered. Suddenly you become very emotional. It's your, that's your ego responding and trying to pull you back into safety. Like this doesn't feel good because you're trying to change something. Um, it might even show up with like a very false sense of confidence, kind of bravado, arrogance, um, like, oh, no, I, I know what to do here, even though you don't really. Um, but you don't want to admit that. Uh, also, it'll show up um, rejecting any idea, any suggestion, any um, offer of help even that might go against the rigid beliefs of the ego. And this is something I experience a lot inside the Facebook group. So somebody might... Um, make a post that they're really struggling with something and suffering and I just don't know what to do and you know I'm just hurting and this person's hurting me this person's doing these awful things to me nobody understands I'm hoping you guys understand and so then comes usually a bunch of comments from everybody in the group where they're supporting and also sharing some advice they might say things like you might want to try this or you might want to try that 
I will even pipe up and say things like, would you like some help with that? And then the person rejects it. It's kind of like, no, that's not going to work, or it's different for me, or that doesn't work for me, or no, 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 I can't do that, or um, my situation's different. That's the ego, because the ego is protecting. The ego is creating the box that she can live in safely. And the thought of doing something that's going to pull her out of that box and maybe have to shift the belief system or do something differently or run your life in a different way or move or do something like that feels scary and ego does not like change. So it rejects help. It rejects um, solutions. So if you find yourself in that pattern a little bit, that, that's a red flag that you need to do some work around that. Like, why am I saying no? There's like 15 people here who have suggested something that I'm sure could be helpful or that I believe helped them. But for some reason, I don't think it can help me. Why is that? What's so different about me and my journey here, right? So that could be the ego that um, is getting in your way. So let's talk a bit about how to do the work or what the work is. Doing ego work is about returning to your true nature that part of you that was born with you, that that part of you that creates and is free and experiences joy with ease. The ego is your protector and your guard. And the ego work, it is about saying to your guard, it's okay, you can rest a little bit. I've got this, I'm going to find a new way. It's also about appreciating the protection and the ego and what it does for you but not allowing it to stand in your way and completely block opportunities for healing, for love, um, for experiences that you actually really want, but that might live outside of the very limiting box that you've created out of your you know, lifelong belief systems and um, practices and things like that. So this is an, an amazing opportunity to ask yourself, is the way I'm living my life, is the things that I choose to do every day, so your habits, your uh, tendencies, the things that you just do without thinking, the subconscious habits that you have and the beliefs that you have and that you feed yourself every day, are those serving me or do I need to make a switch? Do I need to make a whole paradigm shift on some of these where I need to believe in different things or at least allow myself to open myself up to a new belief system or a new a new pattern or a new habit or a new practice so that I can find what I want in life and the feeling and the joy and the experiences that I want to experience in this lifetime. No longer letting the ego stand in your way, guarding the door so tightly that none of these things can happen because, you know, it's just will not allow it because it doesn't like change. So if you feel tremendous fear about changing and resistance to new ideas and resistance to the idea even that you can be happy um, as a result of this divorce, then you are living through your ego and you're letting your ego set the pace you are identifying through your ego instead of finding your true nature and reconnecting with yourself. So a lot of the work we hear about in the space of healing from divorce, you know, self-care, self-love, connecting with your voice, your true self, your intuition, your guidance, your inner guidance, all of these things may seem really kind of vague and, you know, 
out there a little bit like what does that even mean and i have a i have a legal battle to go through and so what's happening is that you are not even allowing space for that healing and you're letting the ego just run the show and go hey you got a job to do over here and i need you to show up angry resentful competitive and wanting to win right so <laughs> we want to detach from that yes we still have to do that and one of the ways that I know I managed to separate those two when I was going through a very hostile, drawn out divorce as well, was I was very happy. I was living my life. I was choosing to do the things that made me feel joyful. And as I described it to people, because people would say to me, like, how come you're so happy or how come you're not more stressed? I'm like, the divorce is just what's happening over here and I'm taking care of it. But it's not my life. It's not who I am. And I am not pouring my heart and soul into it. I'm doing what I need to do. And when I need to make a decision, I'll do the right thing. What's right for me, what's right for my kids, right? But I'm not gonna live over there. I'm gonna live here and I'm gonna embrace life and I'm gonna embrace love and fun and travel and experience and paint my new house and get excited about my new life. That's a choice I made. That's a choice that you can make. You choose to live through your true self, through your heart, or you choose to live confined by a scared and protective ego. It's your choice. Now let's move forward and talk about what we can do to, I don't know about healing the ego, but let's get to know our egos better. Let's gain an understanding for how it shows up in the way that we don't want it to. And let's see if we can start to separate ourselves from it. So here we go. Number one, I want you to become friendly with your ego. Basically, I want you to get to know this part of yourself so that you can tell when it's showing up. For the most part, we are literally unconscious when it comes to our ego. Our ego embodies our, our belief systems and our inner paradigms, our mindset, our habits. It just moves on autopilot every single day. It just takes you through your day, through your work, through your parenting, whatever it is. It, it reacts, it gets emotional, it gets triggered, it keeps you safe, it protects, it gets jealous, it gets competitive. It just does all those things every single day. It's kind of who you are or who you think you are and, and there it operates without you knowing. So I'd like you to start identifying it, noticing things so that you can say, oh, I think that's my ego that's responding. When, for example, you feel fear. Fear is an emotion that is often shown by the ego because like I told you many times now, the ego doesn't like change. It doesn't like when things happen outside of the sort of the identity that it's created for itself. So fear, when you feel fear in your turmoil because of change, that's your ego responding. So then you can say to yourself, well, there it is. That's my ego responding. That's not my true essence. That is the ego responding. Noticing your limiting beliefs as well. So they could sound like, um, you know, not believing in yourself. For example, maybe you decide you want to start dating and you might say to yourself, oh, no one's going to want to be with me. That's a limiting belief. Or maybe as you're going through a divorce, you might say to yourself, you know, this is going, going to be so hard and this will take forever. Limiting beliefs. These are just sort of hardwired things that you've heard, you've taken on as your own. It's the ego protecting, keeping you safe, letting you know that this is the way we're gonna do it. We're gonna hunker down and make this hard, right? So that's your ego talking. So now 
you've kind of become friendly with it in that you know who she is. The second thing I want you to do is to notice what she sounds like. So if you were asked to describe yourself in some way, or or if you're not driving right now or walking, grab a piece of paper and a pen and start writing down a sentence that starts with I. Um, for example, you might say, I am honest, or um, I believe it's important to honor your commitments. Um, I am fun, whatever, you know, how would you describe yourself after I, how would you fill in that sentence? Well, that's what your ego sounds like. That's, that's you sort of explaining or describing your identity, which is your ego. So now you have met your ego identity. And so write down as many of those statements as you, as you can think of, um, so that you can really get a handle on how you see yourself and how you identify and your personality, if you will, which is your ego. Now, number three, I want you to give your ego a name. It doesn't matter what it is. Don't make it a bad name. Just give it a name. Give her a name. Okay, this is this is part of you. And this can really help you with noticing when she shows up because now you you know what she feels like. Um, like her, you know, our limiting beliefs, you know what she kind of says, your like the internal voice within you, how the ego speaks to you. You also know how she describes you. So you know what she sounds like. You know how she exists in your body and how she tells you what to do. Now give her a name because once she has a name, you can also say to her, hey, Nora, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> I just came up with that. You can go, hey, that's, I don't need you right now. I don't want to live in that place. I want to tune into my true self. So you can step aside and you can ask your ego to move out of the way so that you can move forward with what you want to, or so that you can make a decision from a place of your true being, your true voice, your inner self. That's, that's what we mean when we say, get out of your own way. It's moving the ego out of your way because the ego's there to limit you because she wants to keep you safe. She wants to protect you from change. But what if change is what's happening and change is what you want and you want things to feel different and be different and be better? That's change. She's going to resist it. So you have to ask her to get out of the way, right? So that brings me kind of back to what I said much earlier is that doing this work with your ego and understanding it and getting a handle on it is about returning to your true nature. It doesn't mean that the ego never has a job. It does. Because once you've chosen your new path, whatever that is, your ego will help you there as well. Once it accepts that this is this is our new normal, this is what we do, this is how we identify now, now I'm going to move forward. She will still help you take action. She'll help protect you. She'll help you be there. She'll help you develop your belief system around it. So she is still an important part of who you are. She's still an important part of your personality, but she's not your essence. She's not your true self. And so that's the separation that you want to create so that you can heal and that you can understand how the ego plays a part. And you can ask her to step aside when she gets in the way, because now you will know, you'll start to notice when she gets in the way and when it's her talking versus your heart, which always speaks from a place of love. Your heart will always guide you in the right direction. 
because she knows you, she loves you, and she will make sure you get exactly what you want. So this has been really fun to talk to you about today, and I I am sure that I can do many spin-off episodes on this, and they'll come down the road. But I hope that there was some value to this today, because I know when we talk about the ego there, honestly, for myself as well, until I started to do more work around understanding it, I didn't really know exactly what it was. And I tend to think of it only as a bad thing, and it's not. So I... I'm grateful for this opportunity to share this learning with you and also because it made me learn more. So it's all in all has been a really positive experience. Before I go, I want to share two really amazing events with you. The first one is happening on July 25th and it is a free masterclass where I will be talking about the do's and don'ts of divorcing a narcissist. Now I want to say up front that this is not a legal conversation. Um, However, there will be some general advice on how to handle the legal journey when you are divorcing a narcissist or a high conflict person. Mostly I want to talk about the kind of things we've talked about today. How to understand what part of them is showing up as their ego. In fact, narcissists generally live through their ego and they're not able to separate at all. And so it's always about how they present themselves to the world and much more involved in the shadow side of it. So by gaining an understanding of our conversation today and applying that to the conversation that we're going to have on July 25th, um, I think you'll be so incredibly well prepared and so um, feel so much more in control of how things are going. So I really hope that you can join me um, on the 25th of July. I'm gonna put the link below to register, it is free. We will meet at 7 p.m. I will present the topic to you and we'll have an opportunity to ask some questions and to interact then. So these masterclasses are really popular in my community because it's such a great chance to to really get some learning, um, to get to know each other better and to just get some questions answered and and do some healing work, right? And there's also just being in a group like that because we're all together on Zoom, it really makes a big difference for everyone. The second thing I wanna talk to you about is my upcoming retreat. So the Rising Moon Sisters retreats, they right now are happening in two places, which is Canada here in my home and of course in Costa Rica. The next one that's coming up is here. It's a weekend retreat from September 8th to 10th um, and I would love for you to be there. You are invited to join us for a spiritual weekend with you know, healing work, um, also just a lot of work around creating abundance and love and flow and joy and freedom in our lives. It's about letting go of the ego. You know, I think about what I've talked to you about here today. You know, in order to do a lot of the work that we want to do, we need to embrace who we really are and get to know our true selves, our true beings, and and find that voice within us. It's about connecting with your divine feminine. It's about honoring rituals and practices like meditation, journaling, breath work, yoga, to to connect with yourself and your body. It's about understanding the messages that are coming to you. It's about awakening to your new life and finding the joy in it. And it is about sisterhood. It's about women coming together to support each other, to elevate each other, to witness each other um, as we go on this journey together. Without fail, when the women come together here at my retreat, 
they are friends forever. It is incredible, there's an incredible bond that's created when there's that kind of sharing and also the intention of really moving forward and grabbing onto something bigger and better for themselves. We all do it here in this very safe container that I create for you. It's a beautiful two and a half days and I really would like for you to join us. So um, there's lot, lots more details. I will share all of that. There'll be a link below as well for that. So I hope to see you on July 25th in my masterclass and here in September. And by the way, it's my birthday that weekend. So there's going to be some special plans. I'll talk to you soon. Have the most beautiful day.